OTB Rugby. And uh, if everyone in Ireland's a wee bit worried, well, you've got yourselves to blame because it's your fault because it's what you did to them uh, in July last year that poked the bear properly. You know that. Subscribe to the Rugby Stream on the OTB Sports app now. OTB AM, the Sports Breakfast Show from Off the Ball. Yeah, honest question, Sarah. Dan and I want the answer to this. Is she actually from Cork? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, clearly. There's something... She, she must have a mother from, like, Mayo or something. Doesn't want the serial winners from Mayo. <laughs> <laughs> she just doesn't know Ash or three goals, two goals, whatever. I don't know. What happened there? Well, St. Vincent's will will claim her. Oh, um, I think they had a... Yeah, we might have some uh, dodgy uh, Wi-Fi. Is that Cork, Cork Wi-Fi you're going to blame? Cork Wi-Fi. Why would you say, is she from Cork? Huh? Why would you say she's not from Cork? Because she's too modest. Like, Oh, okay. Do you know what I mean? The Cork people, they're, they're, they don't like confidence. Though. I thought you were on about... Call them there, like, I'm only here because no, I'm suffering. No, I know. Suffering, the, like. Well, how do you know someone's from Cork? Like, they tell, they tell you. That yeah, type of thing. Exactly. Cork there's, there's, an el- there's an element of that, but... Yeah. Um, <laughs> someone's from Cork, they tell you. <laughs> but, like, yeah. there is there is an element of that, but, like... I mean, Nobody know you're from Loud. Oh, like, this is, seems to be your recurring point, yeah. This is it. This seems to be your recurring point. Um, but, we're um, trying to get Sarah back. There have a lot of issues in Cork at the moment involving Wi-Fi, obviously. Yeah, but I, I don't know. Like, I mean, are you suggesting that all Cork people are just in your face? Then about their talent, I don't really get your point here. You've met it a couple of times. Um, I, I think it's extraordinary that somebody might get a hat trick and uh, just kind of went over her head, like. Um, but that's that's is, her job. Yeah, like, Roy Keane What are you there to do? I'm there to score that's goals. Job. Yeah, that's, that's what she's. Job. Not Sarah, he's Dan is channel, channeling his inner Roy Keane here. Well, look, actually, I read Emma Ryan's book at the weekend, the, the Grass Ceiling. And I think it might explain a lot about the Cork people. Uh, she's from the Midlands, obviously. She's from Moneygall. And she described the Cork dressing room as far more flamboyant than the Moneygall <laughs> dressing room. Uh, these are the bars girls in the city. So she used the word flamboyant. So I'm going to go with that. That's very um, complimentary, we'll say. Uh, Dan, can you? Uh, what did you make of the Camogie spectacle? Big crowd, um, obviously... I guess it's they're trying to get on to the to the ladies' level, but this is potential. I think. Well, no, like we spoke to Sarah about it on on Thursday. I think it was. Um, I mean, the crowd is is upwards of thirty thousand for the first time since two thousand and seven. I was just thinking about that as well. Like, I suppose you look at the, it is compared with the football final, but and I guess Sarah mentioned it. You've often had Dublin or Meath involved. Generally, there's more travelling involved. I know the weekend event there's other finals on as well too so it's not just about two teams um, but um, it always strikes me as odd that there's that discrepancy between the crowd figures but I suppose geography can explain a bit and maybe there's more um, politics around promotion and stuff that Sarah's way better place to talk about than, than either of us but it seems to be a, a step in the in the right direction at least Yeah I I, I, I was I, I thought she'd be delighted with the crowd Sarah considering I think I, again Camogie's really at a at its infancy here in terms of where it could be I think It's niche Yeah That's a, it, It's niche It's I suppose it played in less places well than hurling is and we talk about the hurling struggles all of the time so you only have three teams who've consistently competed in the competition since say 2012 uh, Water- it was Waterford's first time 
appearing in in the final since 1945. Um, other teams had failed, like Wexford were the last team to get there in 2012. And since then, it's been Cork, Kilkenny, Galway, Cork, Kilkenny, Galway. And the second teams of Cork, Kilkenny, Galway kept appearing in the intermediate final, which meant the numbers were halved again. You know, this weekend we had six different counties involved. So you'd six different chances to get as many people there as you could. So I thought they did really, really well to get over 30,000 people there this weekend. And hats off to them for that. Um, Commenting from Colin McCarthy, uh, Camogie should be on the day before the hurling. A ticket to the hurling final should get you into the Camogie um, and they can get better attendances up, make a weekend of it. Um, what do you make of that? I, Dan, I was saying to you last week, the League of Ireland doesn't get the same questions about why their showpiece competition is only at 30,000. What's the fixation on it? Mm. Mm. Like if the League of Ireland's FAI competition, which is you know the, the best competition in the country, is only hitting 30,000... <laughs> Is this an is this an issue that we're making more of an issue of? I, I, sorry, Dan, go ahead. No, no, I was well, listen, my point is, and I said it Saturday last week, it's more to me, I think there's too much of a focus on the one day. Mm-hmm. There's a big, that's a big part of the Irish sport mm-hmm. uh, mentality is to have the one day attendance. And like personally for me, even like, you know, the ladies football final say we'll get a big figure and as always, well, this is the, the biggest event in Europe that day. I'm looking at that going, okay, that's, that's great, but you've done a big promotion for today, you know, and like, you know, running buses and that's brilliant but to me surely it's about more consistency and stuff like that like, like League of Ireland wise for example the best thing this year is the attendances are up week on week all of the time yeah. and like the cup final yeah sometimes we think yeah they should fill it by doing more promotion around that event but I don't know how I feel sometimes about tagging something on to well, a weekend I think you need to make it the main event of the weekend rather than making it the undercard to something else. Yeah, like, absolutely. That, that would be my opinion. There could be different opinions. Well, on well that. Sarah, yeah. th- what, when I'm watching, uh, so I watched the highlights last night of the Camogie, and it's the same thing in Ireland, except it's amplified. How do you get this sport out uh, to to all corners of Ireland? Because Camogie could be exceptional across all corners of Ireland. And then I'm thinking, like, what has this done for Waterford Camogie in the sense that it's an absolute obliteration? The first half kind of went against them. Um, d- d- does it? You know, it wasn't it wasn't the showcase that you wanted in terms of that competitiveness. The Camogie Association are at fault here, right? And I'd be very critical of that. They didn't seed the competition. Uh, it was last year two uh, groups of six, with you know the top four coming out, and it was seeded. Uh, this year it was three groups of four. Waterford were in the third group. We'll say they trounced Offaly, Limerick, and Antrim. Mm-hmm. And they came into a semi-final and beat a very fancy tip team in horrible conditions in Nolan Park. And I will say to Dan's point, there were seven and a half thousand people in Nolan Park for the both semi-finals, which adds to your point. You know, it's not just the showpiece that was getting the big numbers, but they beat tip by a point. Tip were devastated because they genuinely thought they were in the final, I think. And then they go into the final and Grace Walsh made a great point on the show on Sunday night. There was no experience. None of the players in that Waterford team had any of experience of playing in a senior All-Ireland final in Croke Park. Of the Cork team, 12 players had All-Ireland medals already. Mm. The Camogie Association, if they had seeded the competition, wouldn't have had that pairing. But then they wouldn't have had 30,000 people in Croke Park. So were they looking for the numbers or were they looking for the quality? And the blame lies with them. Uh, on, on Cork themselves, obviously, um, it was a hell of a performance. Not to mention Amy, um, all of like all of the Cork team can say more or less like there was they were dominant from start to finish. Um, 
just looking at so you've Liam Cronin and Michelle O'Connor coming in, maybe credited with change of form. Where did this happen from their league sort of performances, and um, how did how did they actually peak at the right time? I suppose. So they've lost to Galway pretty much consistently over the last number of years. Galway were identified as their bogey team, and in the league final this year, they had a chance, I suppose, to to put that to bed, mm. right? But they didn't go well in Croke Park. If you were to watch the game in Croke Park on on Sunday and the game in Croke Park on Easter weekend. Two different, completely different games and a completely different style of play from Cork. They were overcarrying the ball. They were holding up the ball in the delivery zones. Their inside line was absolutely starved of ball in that league final. Galway incredibly well set up defensively and every time the ball went in and it was taking too long to go in, the backs were coming out with the ball. Fast forward to this weekend and Cork's distribution was outstanding but not just from Hannah Looney who had 18 possessions it was Maeve Callan, it was uh, Izzy O'Regan it was Laura Tracy it was a complete performance from Cork the amount of ball that Katrina Mackey and Amy O'Connor got Amy O'Connor had 10 possessions and she scored 3-7 Mackey had 11 possessions uh, hit 2 points but she assisted in the 2 goals massively unselfish play from Mackey but 4-10 from the inside full forward line with Sarah McCartan uh, talking in with 1-1. One, one. Talk to me about Sarkin McCartan as well, just about this this remarkable down uh, kind of background as well, which is a, probably bridging a 44-year gap here. Yeah, we, we, well, with her dad, obviously famous uh, down footballer, she was coming to Cork for placement and uh, eagle eyes in Cork recognised the name and uh, parachuted her into, into the bars in Cork and you know, did, they didn't waste time parachuting into the Cork setup, and I suppose I've played down over the years uh, with Dublin and with Cork actually uh, in All Ireland finals. And there's a pocket in Ulster that really loves its camogie. Mm. So you've got Neve Mallon as well from from uh, down would be very similar to Beth Carton in the amount of work she gets through in games. So real quality in that down setup. So for one of Down's uh, players to come to Cork, uh, Cork were quickly on on getting her involved in the squad, and you could see when she celebrated her goal. On Sunday, uh, what it meant her, and I suppose how she's been enveloped by the Cork setup, and and how she's been welcomed. Where do Waterford go from here? And like for Sean Power, like what do you say in the dressing room after that? Because um, it's so so deflating. The nineteen point loss, lads. It's I suppose from from last week. I I don't know. Did you sense my nervousness last mm. week, or Dan? You might mm. have. I said six, but. I was afraid that it was going to be more, you know. Uh, I, I said that Cork would win by at least six and winning by 19 was on the cards last week because I suppose defensively, they they didn't have the same quality in their defensive six. Individually, very good camogie players, but they didn't have the experience of Kilkenny. They didn't have the experience of Galway. That's been built up over the course of 10 years, you know. So you can't just put that into a team in the space of three months and they lost Vicky Faulkner after two and a half minutes and I was saying you know Iona Heffernan who was on the bench I don't even think she'd gotten around to the idea that she was going to be in after two and a half minutes so all of a sudden she's parachuted in to mark you know one of the Cork forwards Amy O'Connor sees a chink of of, of breathing space because Vicky Faulkner's gone and, she, and she's a ball over the bar in, in the next exchange everything went wrong for Waterford but ultimately they wouldn't have been fast enough and they weren't prepared enough mm. 
and that goes with the camogie. I, I was in Mallow yesterday at the races, so I got the train home and it was lovely to see all the red and white flags and I was waiting maybe 45 minutes to train, so I went into the waiting room and did all these photos of past um, Cork winners of all Irelands and it was going back to like... Mulcahy and Jimmy Barry Murphy and you had then the Camogie players as well and it was really cool to see and it wouldn't be the uh, examiner without Rebel Rain drought over are Cork now set to dominate Camogie and this is always a question um, after obviously de- demolition like that but it's not as straightforward as that Sarah either and like people you know like Kenny and Galway and Tipper watch at home saying right that's not going to happen to us next year yeah, but th- this Cork team hadn't won since 2018 and mm. I know Hannah Looney described it as a famine in Cork, but that group had done, you're looking at 100 sessions a year, right? For six years, they'd done 100 sessions. They were up on 600 sessions and they hadn't won the, the, the trophy that they were, that they were looking for. It, it, it could be, you know, domination for the next six years or those girls who've spent six years trying to get back to, to the Hogan stand could decide. I've, I I don't have enough to give. Yeah, like there will there will be an erosion of the panel, uh, in some way. The Cork were very lucky to have Katrina Mackey and Pamela Pamela Mackey back in the squad because they've been around the squad far beyond you know that that group, and uh, that's there now. You know the, their career spans over a decade, so swings and roundabouts. It took them so much to get here and win. It, it may not be that that you know they'll all stick around in the next couple of years. So. I suppose the only other thing that I'll say to that is the bench that Cork were able to bring on. You know, they've 20, I suppose 20 or 25 players that are at that level that Watford aren't at. So Cork certainly have an opportunity here if they if they stay in and bed in. Maybe they'll get a three in a row, but we haven't done it. Dana's young daughter, and I imagine she's going to have plenty of options, plenty of options as to what sport she wants to play as she gets older. How like how does the association sell this sport because I, I was I was just looking at this game on Sunday it is so marketable in so many ways and really really unique but it's it's so peripheral like so like it has to start from it has to start from somewhere and it, it's it's a big philosophical question it's a big organisational question for the organisation but this sport has to be sold because it should have so much going for it so the Camogie Association and the ladies football are incredibly lucky that from the period of about five until 10 or 11, the mini leagues comprises both boys and girls. Mm. So once girls are, you know, in, into a GA club structure for the first five or six years, it's run by the GA and they have full exposure. They have all of the same resources. And then it gets tricky after age 10 when the girls have to branch off because then you're relying on coaches, you're relying on club resources and it just depends on how strong the Camogie Club or the Ladies Football Club or whether there's a one club model in the club. Um, that's the point where the Camogie and Ladies Football have to step in and, and really look at how they're coaching it. I had a text from a, a, an old colleague of mine from Nave Marnoes yesterday. Um, there was a blitz run uh, in, in Dublin and he said brilliantly well organised, but it was all men. All coaches, mm. all male coaches, mm. all male managers with the groups of girls. And we're incredibly lucky that, you know, dads like Dan are going to pick up uh, the, I suppose, work with their daughters and, and you know, coach them to be athletes and, and sportswomen. But the Camogie Association really needs to drive this in terms of getting players and former players back to the pitch and, you know, involved in coaching. So it's a very, very hard thing to do. But I think you have to see women on the pitch on the sidelines for it really to grow Are you living in Dublin again sir? 
I moved to Cork. You're back in Cork, was, yeah. I'm back in Cork, yeah. But I was with I was managing Marnogues, uh, Nate Marnogues last year in Dublin for a year. Lovely. I thought you were part of the uh, the big uh, move to Dublin there. But listen, thanks for your time. Thank you very much, guys. OTB AM. The Sports Breakfast Show from Off the Ball.